the Rugby Report Japan 2019 is sponsored by Betfred. The tournament's in full swing now and the action keeps on coming this week. England demolished Tonga and it's the USA up next for Eddie's men. Betfred are double delight on the game, so back the correct first try scorer. Maybe a punt on Rory McConaughey. And if he scores a second, they'll double your odds. Whenever you bet, bet Fred. 18 and over, be gambleaware.org. Maximum stakes apply. When the fun stops, stop. The Rugby Report, Japan 2019 with Betfred. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Report Japan 2019 with Betfred. Not only are we continuing to come to you live from Japan, but we're now actually in a Japanese restaurant. Uh, my name's Nick Heath. And I'm Tom May. And we are both here to, uh, well, bring you up to speed with everything that is going on here in Japan from the tournament. Also delighted to be here uh, with my husband and uh, my mate Neil. We're going to hear maybe from them in a little bit about what they've been up to. Of course, if you listen to the... Yeah, he's called Tom. Yeah, yeah, he's right here. You know. <laughs> Too many Toms around the table, though, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that in due course. Um, but uh, we, we, in fact, heard towards the end of the last podcast, of course, the tales that, that Tom's been up to. So we'll, we'll catch up with that uh, in a bit. Of course, in this episode, we'll be reviewing the games between Wales and Georgia, between Russia and Samoa. And we'll look ahead to Fiji against Uruguay, Italy against Canada and the big one, England against the USA after their match against Tonga, of course. Um, Wales against Georgia. Tom, you were there. You were doing some commentary for, uh, for the World, Radio, World Rugby Radio. Easy for me to say after a couple of beers around this table. Um, um, what did you make of it? Wales scoring six tries. Um, Davis, Tipperick, Adams, Liam Williams, Thomas Williams, and a cracker finished by George North. Yeah, I think I think it was a great great game for the Welsh. I think they were very accurate in their in their set piece. Uh, certainly, Conor McMurray right, that caught it. That sort of bl- that real <laughs> that those were just vowels. Yeah. <laughs> I've never blended words like that before. Asahi does amazing things to your voice. Uh, it was a great performance. I think more polished than perhaps some of the other contenders for the Rugby World Cup have been in their, in their opening games. Uh, they'll be slightly disappointed with letting in two tries, but I think every team wants something to work on moving th- forwards through the tournament. I think Thomas Williams, when he came on for Gareth Davis at, at nine, was sensational. Uh, he set up George North. George North set him up. Yeah, that try was pretty special, wasn't it? Friends just setting each other up. <laughs> I, I thought... Um, I think it was a great game, great stadium, uh, a good evening to be commentating on rugby. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, so, uh, so Wales get the job done. Of course, they move on to a massive game against Australia. Um, can't wait to get uh, to get into that one. And then Russia Samoa, um, full of incident. Um, a couple of tackles or a couple of big hits. Uh, one from Ray Lilo on Artemiev. Well, they were both on Artemiev. Um, you talked earlier on in this series about how the man's made out of iron. He was hit by two shoulders straight in the face, and he still got up. Yeah, I mean, the guy is actually quite terrifying. He's, he's fairly skinny, not, nothing too imposing, but having had to spend uh, a fair amount of time wrestling against him, uh, the, the fact that he got up time and time again suggests that there's nothing quite normal about the bloke. So, um, yeah, and, and he's got a horrible tash. So. Yeah, that is hilarious. It does look like, I've used this phrase before, but it does look like one of his eyebrows has come down for a drink. <laughs> Uh, half time then it was 6-5 uh, to Russia um, and then second half we saw um, Amosa go over for the try uh, he then got a bit of a hurt in the injury my friend Neil here is a physio you thought MCL right? 
MCL, ACL, definitely. I think that's his tournament over. Yeah. Okay, so that's the fresh news from our unqualified, non-paid member of staff. He'll be, um, he'll be playing in the next game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one thing we did notice, though, typical Samoa, it took seven people to carry him off the field. How special is that? So, uh, so as, as the rest of the game went on, obviously those two tries after half-time, uh, it was pretty much Dobro Nocci for the Russians. Uh, they finished 34 points to nine winners. Um, and when you look at the pool, Samoa currently above Ireland. So, uh, so they'll be pleased with that. Yeah, it's, it's a, look, I'm not going Scott bashing on this one. I'm going to save it up. But I think this is going to be a very tight pool. Uh, the Irish, they'll, they'll be pretty happy where they're at at the moment, I, I think. Scotland have had a horrible couple of days, haven't they? They've lost to Ireland. They've they've lost uh, Hamish Watson, who's who's integral to the way that they play, and then Ali Price is missing out through injury at the moment as well. So it's a tough couple of days. They need to bounce back and bounce back well. So wins therefore for Wales and uh, and for Samoa over the last couple of days. Looking ahead then is the key really. Fiji against Uruguay, Italy against Canada, and England against the USA over the next couple of days. For Fiji, Josh Matavesi at ten. Uh, biggest 10 in world rugby must be the biggest 10 in world rugby uh, Gonova starts uh, Vatabua Rundrandra Nikosi and Vaila Kani what I like about that is the fact that people say uh, Fiji they're a tier 2 nation but actually their backline against Australia was something that you would stick in a barbarian shirt every day of the week now they've changed players and they've got Josh Matavesi and they've got Vatabur in um, they've changed a couple of others as well they've got Randrandra at 13 which is terrifying again it is another world class uh, backline that, that will I think be a tough day for Uruguay well, the, the Uruguayans are in for a whole lot of trouble, really, aren't they? And, and perhaps the rest of the, of the world, having wanted romantically to see Fiji do a little bit better against the Wallabies than they did, albeit with our love to our Australian friends, but I, I think a fair few people fancied the turnover of that result. Um, this will be a chance to, to probably see Fiji in full flight. Italy against Canada, you've had a look at the Italians. The Canadians are, are really beginning to uh, sort of look like that Tier 2 nation that it's difficult to hang your hat on as to, as to where the good stuff's coming from at times. Yeah, and I, I think the Italians were they were poor in the first game. I, I commentated on that uh, where they played against Namibia. They made an obscene amount of mistakes, and I was sat in front of the commentary box, or the, sorry, the coach's box. At points, I was wondering what was going to come flying over my shoulder because Mike Cat, Conor O'Shea, they were fuming about the amount of errors that uh, Italy were making. Um, I don't expect them to make as many, um, but I, I, I think they they're probably not as good as they should be right now. Okay, um, so then we have the uh, the big match, England against the USA. I've of course been embedded with the USA team down in Ak- Okinawa. Uh, been interesting to, st- uh, yeah, exactly, Akin, Akin Fenwa, something along those lines. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been really interesting to, to see how they've been building. Gary Gold, of course, the former Worcester Warriors coach, uh, has been uh, well, basically excited about what this team is going to be able to do. In terms of the England team, uh, well, they've obviously got George Ford starting at ten. That centre partnership of Piers Francis and Jonathan. Joseph, um, it is Ford with no Farrell. Uh, there is an Exeter connection between the two sides. Luke Cowan Dickey playing at uh, at hooker. Will Hooley, former Exeter Chiefs man, who's playing at fullback. Um, it's still going to be, I imagine, a difficult afternoon for the USA. But uh, bearing in mind that potential back three threat that England have, but of course one man who was not selected by Eddie Jones to make the trip 
to Japan is Mike Brown, the Harlequins fullback who would have loved a chance to stake his claim in a World Cup after the failure of 2015. It was a good chance to catch up with him recently at the Premiership launch to at least find his thoughts out about this current English back three and the threat they hold. They look powerful. Um, I think the fours definitely look powerful, which gives the, the backs a great platform. So I think they're in good stead. We've got those big games in that pool against the likes of France and Argentina. Um, and in those warm-up games, particularly in that Welsh game, we saw them putting up a fair, fair amount of aerial ball that, uh, that Elliot Daly had to deal with. How do you think he's, he's coping in that role? Yeah, I think he's progressing. Um, I, I think people don't understand how different it is being a fullback compared to other positions. I think sometimes people just think, oh, you can go and slot in there. Oh, it's fine. But it's very it's very different when you stood up at the back on your own in those open spaces and you're getting kicks rained on you but you also have to be in the right position to join the end of line in defence um, keep reading the game so you can can read the kicking game when it's incredibly tough at the highest level when there's three four different kickers and, and things like that and the game's moving so quick but then also you've got to you're expected to, to make those one-on-one tackles when someone's breaking through and should really score when they've got 15, 20 metres either side of you. So, you know, it's an incredibly tough position, which I don't think people think about sometimes. So, yeah, he's progressing well. Um, and Watson also came in and, and did reasonably well as well. So, yeah, they'll be fine, I'm sure. Mm. And England's prospects will be to, to go as far as they possibly can. How realistic is it, do you think, that, that they could make their way to that final? Yeah, it's obviously realistic. Um, the I think it's going to be one of the closest World Cups ever. I think South Africa are looking really good in, in, in the fundamental things that, that win World Cups. Their defence is looking strong. Their kicking game looking strong. They're absolute beasts. They're, they're massive. Um, so their pack will be strong. Um, I think that ultimately is what wins World Cups. Um, but New Zealand, I wouldn't say they'd necessarily play that as well as they can. But I think they'll be completely different for a World Cup. I think they maybe they were just trying a few things and changing a few things up. That's my my opinion on it. Um, but then England will be in there. I think Wales and Ireland, you can't write them off because of the experience they've got and um, the way they can grind out games. Australia, if, if they can get their running game going. So it's going to be tight. Um, it's going to be close. France, you never know with France. Do you? <laughs> World Cups just seem to bring the best out of them. Um, and they're underpredictable on the best of days. So... You never know with them. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a tight one. So plenty of firepower in England's back three. And we hear news that Jack Knoll is on his way back positively. Could figure against Argentina, where, where Vunapola could as well. Back three would benefit from him coming back. What, back three with Vunapola? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Jack Knoll is a world-class player. I know, I know he doesn't necessarily float everyone's boat in the, in the back three because people want to see out and out pace they want to see wingers a Rui McConaughey style that can go around people and ghost around people but the, the, the amount of contributions that Jack Noll makes um, plus his hairdo is, is very much worth the, the England shirt I think, I think he's a great player he gets England on the front foot whenever he's kicked the ball he, he, he never accepts that first tackle does he, he always gets first to past the first one or two defenders, gets his team moving forward, and that's what the forwards want to see. And then, obviously, the back row is going to be another big issue. I should say, actually, while you mention uh, Rory McConaughey, of course, he's going to be lining up against Martin Iosefo, uh, the both of them sevens players, obviously, from the World Seven Series circuit. So uh, so that's going to be a nice match-up. The two of them pretty familiar with each other. Um, yeah, another area of strength is, of course, England's back row. Uh, great to get the thoughts of a former England captain, Tom Wood, telling us about how England look in that department. 
well, to be fair, I don't think you could pick a bad back row from any English compliment. You know, there's so many good players putting their hands up across the league and so many talented players that have missed out on selection. But the guys that are going, I mean, I think they've got a real good balance to them. I think they're playing really well. Um, you know, those first couple of warm-up games, I thought almost Lewis had played himself into the team. I thought he played really well. His defensive work, his chop tackles, really aggressive. Um, carrying the ball, getting around the pitch. He's added a line-out game um, to something that perhaps wasn't a strength of his in his early early years, but he's um, he's established um, you know a real confidence in the line-out. He works with our line-out callers a lot at Saints, and he's improved. So that set-piece stuff is crucial if you're going to play at international level. Um, but are, you su- are you surprised at the sort of youth that Eddie's gone with? And I'm not saying it, it's a Lewis Ludlam against a Chris Robshaw, but obviously Eddie's chosen to leave a bit of experience. Danny Kay you can throw into the mix yeah. as well. And he's taking, he's, he's taking people, you know, like Lewis, like Rory McConaughey, like Willie Hines. I am surprised. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that like, I thought Eddie was on a very different path with the likes of Dylan, Robshaw, Brown, Kerr. And he seems to have changed his mind in the last year or so. Um, and left a lot of that experience at home and taken a lot of youth. Now, I don't know whether that worked in his favour or not. It seems to be. Um, these warm-up games, is, you know, I was really impressed with Tom Curry. I thought he was very dynamic in the tackle, very hard over the ball, just an industrial player. And then that my, combination with him and Underhill seems to work, doesn't it? Yeah, like I wouldn't know who to pick out of the um, out the flankers at the minute. I mean, I think Billy's a shoe-in at eight if, if, if fit and available. It's whether you rest him or give him any sort of try and protect him at any stage. But, you know, in any big game, any must-win game, Billy's got to play at eight if he's fit. Um, but then Mark Wilson can do that role if needed. I thought Mark was exceptional um, against Italy. I thought he was very good. Hit that combination with Curry, um, And then Underhill and Curry were very good against Ireland. And then, I thought, you know, I'm not on bias towards Lewis because he's a teammate, but um, I thought he was exceptional against Wales in the early game. So, you know, I really don't know what Eddie's first-choice back row is going to be. The only question I would have is if you... Because he's also got the option of playing a Mario Toji or a Courtney at six. Yep. Um, so it's whether you go for like a line out. Certainly, if you're going to maybe do that Billy resting thing with Mark yeah. at Mark Wilson at eight. Yeah, he's got some options for sure, and I don't think he can pick a bad combination. It's just which brings the best, the best balance. Yeah, Brownie wants in. Um, what what gets you the best balance basically? Um, and if you do pick a Curry, an Underhill, and a Billy and you come under the pumping that you're relying heavily on your second rows to win your line-out ball. And if you come up against a South Africa that have got two big lads in the second row and a jumping back row, or someone like a Kieran Reid against New Zealand, then all of a sudden you might find yourself starved the ball. But it's all horses for courses. It's strengths versus weaknesses. There's no right answer. It's, it's top trumps, basically. And um, it's all about how you're going to play the game, how you're going to try and play to your strengths and stifle the opposition. So they're going to pick two guys that are going to be hard over the ball and dynamic tacklers uh, in, in the flanks and a ball carrier and Billy. Then they just have to make sure their game plan suits them. So, Tom, May, you've seen both lineups. How's this one going to go in Kobe Misaki Stadium? I think it's going to go the, obviously the, the way of the English. Uh, I think England will want to uh, cut down on the amount of unforced errors that they made at the weekend in, in Sapporo. Um, there was a lot of handling errors. There was a lot of individual and collective errors within the systems. Um, and I think they'll want to try and nullify those so that actually when they get to the point where they have to face against the French, when they have to come up against the Argentinians, they're in a much better place. Look, they're making strides forward. I think it's really difficult. Everyone's got an expectation when you come up against that inverted commas tier two nation that you should stuff 70 points on every team you come up against. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work in rugby. Yeah, they've got a fair amount of criticism for, for England for not having put more points on, on, the, on the Tongans. Uh, and then Wales put on a similar sort of scoreline against the Georgians and they've been largely praised. So 
So I know a few people have, have come out and sort of said, yeah, there are less places between England and Tonga than there are between Wales and Georgia, so they should be praised for putting that many points on them. Yeah, I, in a way, it's disrespectful to the inverted commas tier two nation. I don't, we need to get away from this tier two thing because it's it's pretty disrespectful to them. That, you know, that they're just progressing and they're progressing at a different rate to the, to the other nations, um, and they don't get the access to playing against the top teams that, that, that perhaps other teams do. Look, I, I think Thursday is going to be a really interesting game. It's a great opportunity for those American players. Great opportunity for the likes of uh, Will Hooley. You know, he, he's made a big choice in going going over and playing for the States, and and, and fair play to him. And now he's playing a World Cup. Really, really looking forward to that. So, uh, well, before we round off, of course, um, it's uh, just an opportunity to check in uh, with my other half, Tom, about about what's gone on in in losing various things uh, and uh, and and finding a few things. Um, so, so first of the weekend in Japan, how did it go? Uh, it went really well, like really, really well. Yeah. I, uh, what's the truth? The truth is, uh, I misplaced the tickets. Uh, okay, I'll be the. I'll, can I be like the reality to this? <laughs> All right, yeah. Try this, yeah. yeah. I misplaced the tickets. He lost them. Uh, I then misplaced my phone. He lost that as well on the piss. And then someone stole my hoodie. That's true. <laughs> 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 Tom McLeary, not with enough uh, information on that one. Um, you uh, you were outside a bar watching a game. You went to the toilet, and when you came back, Neil had befriended about eight of the locals, and uh, you've got some suspicion that one of them was a Japanese ski jumper from the '76 Olympics. What was he wearing? Um, she? She was wearing. Um, I've been doing a bit of research. I think it was 1972. Uh, uh, Olympics in Sapporo so yes apparently an Olympic ski jumper that we met that evening does, 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 the, does what she tell you stack up um, not so far I think I need to do a bit more digging <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you meet someone in a bar how do you immediately know they were part of the Winter Olympics team well, you don't immediately know they tell you over the course of the next hour and a half whilst giving you massages and buying you about three or four beers because you're tourists these boys are, are it's not their first rodeo Tom um, I think I think that was all all, all you know pretty impressive um, you've also been enjoying a few of the uh, the Google reviews of restaurants um, and uh, and Tom you've t- Tom my other half Tom you've, you've got a couple here yeah, so we went to Gusto, which is quite a high-class joint uh, in Chitose. There's one of those in Newcastle. Yes, there is. There is. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just going to read out a couple of the reviews. So this is how harsh they are here in Japan. So, so these are translated from, are from the local Japanese. Egg soup can be tasty if you mix salt with yourself. Two stars. <laughs> Shaved ice is cheap, two stars. <laughs> Shaved ice. Shaved ice, good. Okay, I think it's good if you look the customer in the eye, two stars. And then my favourite, it was better when I was able to smoke, one star. <laughs> it was better when I was able to smoke, yeah. one star. That is absolutely delightful. Um, you've been enjoying Japan so far. Um, I think when you first landed in Sapporo, it was just wall-to-wall drinking, wasn't it? It was, it was pretty straight into it. Yeah, it was a whirlwind. I think uh, Neil over here got, got quite the introduction from one of our mates. What was the, what was the drink you got, Foz? Um, it was a local Sapporo cocktail that was, somehow they managed to put more alcohol in a small glass that should, should have been allowed in a small glass of alcohol. Yeah. And after that, yeah, the night went, went on from there. Um, so yeah, no, fantastic. And three days of that. And um, 
Yeah, yesterday was a little bit of a, shall we call it a rest day? Yeah, yeah very nice. Yeah, I understand a lot of people that were leaving Sapporo were relatively quiet um, over the course of the sort of 12 hours as they were all leaving. Um, so, three big games to come. Uh, we hope you're going to enjoy them. Please keep your tails. If you're out here uh, touring, of course, then we want you to get in touch with us on Twitter at the Rugby Report underscore. It would be great to hear from you. Also, leave us your five star reviews. You can leave some others if you want, but, you know, we want your five star ones. Yes, if you look me in the eye, then make sure you leave a five-star <laughs> review. Um, and uh, I bumped into, uh, into Trevor Large earlier as well, one of the guys behind Rugby United. Um, turns out Trevor had a few beers at the Wales game last night, wasn't feeling too hot and up for a massive chat tonight. So we're hoping to catch up with him in Kobe and, uh, and maybe a few more of the Rugby United Network guys in the next couple of days. So uh, thank you once again for your company. Uh, keep the reviews and comments coming. We would love to hear from you, whether you're at home listening in or whether you are here in Japan. Uh, it's a sayonara from me. It's goodbye for me. Excellent. The, <laughs> the ever-challenged Tom May. We look forward to seeing you next time here for our next episode in a couple of days after the England game. That's it from us here at The Rugby Report Japan 2019 with Betfred. The Rugby Report Japan 2019 is sponsored by Betfred. Keep your eyes open for a host of specials on every game from Japan with Betfred. You'll see plenty, from singles to handicaps and more. What about Italy against Canada? Everyone's favourite man crush, Sergio Parise, to score the first try? Whenever you bet, bet Fred. 18s and over, be gambleaware.org. Limited availability on special markets. When the fun stops, stop. This has been a Rugby Media production.